and welcome to The Space Between Presents I Saw a Tiger. I'm your host, Danny, and joining me for our final episode in this season, I have the Mother Teresa of popcorn making, Sarah Burns. Oh, I'm glad I could be here. <laughs> we also have the only man I know who will sacrifice his finger in the name of roasted sweet potatoes, Dan Cole. And last but not least, one of the few people who knows the secret recipe of my ambient cocktails, Tim France. It's actually just ambient. <laughs> That's it. And some kind of booze. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I guess, guess you don't know. Spoiler oh. alert. <laughs> I'm only, only there for the first part of the ambient right. cocktail. After that, once it kicks in, you're right. out. If you are interested in that recipe, be sure to tune in to our advice show, Professionally Asked, Casually Answered, where I give all kinds of great recipe tips and tricks. Involving ambient. And alcohol. That's pretty much it. But check it out anyway. If you're in need of advice, really bad advice, and you have a question that you just want to ask us, and you want to ask it professionally and have it casually answered, go ahead and submit that on any of our social medias or to our email address. That'd be great. We're here covering the bonus episode 8 of Tiger King on Netflix and the Hulu TMZ show. So, welcome friends. I can't believe this is the last episode of this season. It's gone by so quick. It went by like a flash of a tiger tail. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So episode eight, which was the like tag on, add on, like you've purchased this many groceries, you get this uh, Hannaford catalog for free episode, Mm. um, was (laughs) added as a definite afterthought. It's hosted by Joel McHale. It's Um, a delight. Oh, wait, wait, I love got a good McHale. one. I thought slow. he did great. It went by as quick as Joe's morning time after Travis. Oh. Oh. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Just on a side note, I'm wa- re-watching Community and just still a delight 10 years later. Oh, God, oh, that I love so it. good it for the first certainly doesn't seem seasons. like it was 10 years ago either. I know. When he talks about how he hasn't had a career since 2009, <laughs> right? it's like... Why? Community was after that, right? (laughs) Yeah, he was like, 2009 was a great year for me. Started in 2009. We only watched it a year ago, so it seems new. Yeah. So good. And I love how he took it all in stride with doing this bonus episode. Right. You know, so this was that add on episode. They saw how popular the docuseries was. People had so many questions afterwards that they really brought together a lot of the more popular faces on the show and had Joel do. Zoom video chats with them. They all had in earbuds and, you know. I like how he makes a thing. joke at the beginning, too, where he's like, I, I called up Netflix and said, yo, I should do a follow-up show. And they were like, here's an iPhone. Yeah. Go for it. Yeah, <laughs> and everyone you could tell was using the same earbuds yes. and most likely the same iPhone oh, to God. shoot it. I believe those are AirPods. I mean, yeah. but like That's like saying Band-Aid. You know what I mean? I noticed, not to get too far ahead, uh, Jeff and Lauren... Each of them only had one, so they didn't even spring for two <laughs> separate sets of AirPods for them. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah. Well, I bet yeah. it was, like, sent to Jeff, but he was just kind of like, here, come sit with me while I talk yeah. about whatever. I yeah. mean, I'm banging the new nanny, so I guess you can be in the follow-up episode. Right. You know? I thought it was interesting that even Lauren was like, yeah, she's hot. I yeah. mean, they're both banging the new nanny. Right. Like, I mean, let's not make this a misogyny okay. thing. They're both getting in there. And <laughs> she is hot, so I want to hire that nanny. No, I don't. Sure. We don't need a nanny. <laughs> Whatever. So in the Zoom chats, Joel McHale talks with Eric, Jeff and Lauren, John Reinke, Saf, Josh, John Finley, and Rick Kirkham. Honestly, those are kind of the exact people that I would want them to talk to. Absolutely. And with each uh, conversation, I kept saying, oh, I love that one. I love that right. person. And Dan's like, you literally keep saying you love them. You and said I was that like, about but... everybody but Jeff and Lauren. <laughs> 
I said at one <laughs> which point. Which is true. Which is true. But it just made me, like, to have that one-on-one and to get their take on what was presented in the show and how they feel about it. And also their casting of themselves in the movie that yeah, will eventually get that. made. Oh, it was so priceless. It was just so great. <laughs> that was a great question to ask. Right? Because like, I feel like that's a good icebreaker question for anybody. Like, yeah. you're at a staff meeting. Who would you cast to play yourself in a movie? You know? Well, who would you? Huh? Let's do it right now. Scarlett Johansson. I have been told that it looks similar. Which is weird because I don't. I would have gone with a Rosario Dawson for you personally. Oh, thank you. Yeah. That's such a compliment. I think mine's pretty obvious. Seth Green? I- Wrong Seth. But yeah, <laughs> Seth Rogen. Yeah, I think Seth Rogen is super Absolutely, spot on. yeah. Just not curly hair. Right. I would love Jonah Hill to play me. Ooh. That would be great. He could, he could, he could move along with my constant weight fluctuations, too. It would really be pretty spot on. That would do something about the height difference. Yeah. Yeah, it would make it work. Yeah. yeah. That Hollywood magic. Sarah, who would you cast for you? I honestly don't know. I I can't. I really can't think of anybody. That's not the game, Sarah. I yep. know. I asked the question. I don't have an answer. I'm a terrible person. Lucy Liu. Oh, my God. I was going to say that. Were you really? <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> um, of all I the mean, stupid sure. answers, how did we both get that one? That's amazing. Because Margaret Tro's kind of offensive, but I don't know who that is. Fair. Don't look it up. I'm going to right now. She right. was on The Masked Singer, and you didn't know who that she was. That doesn't help. Okay. She's a comedian. <laughs> Ken Jeong. <laughs> Oh, oh wait, actually, I remember her can I change my answer to Ken Jeong? <laughs> can we just? I mean, I'm all for Asian representation in movies. If they want to cast me as an Asian character, that's totally fine. Like whatever. Can we like Eddie Murphy this, and can we just have Ken Jeong play all of us? Oh yeah, <laughs> different ways and stuff. That would be amazing. He would go full bush too, which is the greatest part of yeah. Ken Jeong. So he just put a red beard on to be me. Right. Yeah. Yep. Done. A toodaloo, motherfuckers. <laughs> all right. So the first person that Joel McHale talks with is Eric Cowie, who has not seen the show. Yeah. He didn't watch it. I mean, like, it is so Eric. He just, I, I fully expect him to be like, nah, I don't fucking care about it. Yeah. Yeah. So I haven't, I haven't watched it. I've been at work. Because apparently he's still at GW Zoo. Yeah, he's yeah. still managing the zoo. I'm surprised by that. But it's it's kind of nice to hear that at least one of them is still there. Yeah. I, I think even, because obviously we saw in the last episode that he was like probably working as a short order cooker or something like that. Yeah. I certainly think both Rinky and uh, Cowie are someone that, regardless of all the other shit going down, Jeff realizes, I mean, these people were fucked. These two people specifically were running the fucking zoo yes, for a long time. Exactly. And that's such a huge dynamic shift because they talk about how Joe expressly said, like, you could never run this zoo on your own. When right. actually the people who were running it were probably John and Eric. No, and not only running it, but running it at a massive disadvantage by mm-hmm. having to deal with Joe and all of his shit exactly. on a regular basis. Yeah, yeah and his, you know, how he just <laughs> loses money, like I said, he uses mm-hmm. it right. frivolous whatever. Yeah, and absolutely. zero people complained about having Jeff and Lauren as their boss. Right. They're like, well, he's not an asshole. We don't argue. We don't fight. Mm-hmm. Like, they don't necessarily say anything nice right. about him. Yeah. But. And that's exactly, like Eric says, it's more relaxed working under Jeff. He says Joe is just an asshole. They're probably being paid a living wage, too. Right, definitely. I love how Eric says that he, has, he hasn't seen the show, but he's seen a lot of the memes or memes or whatever, <laughs> whatever they're they called. <laughs> I thought just, he said it correctly the first time. I thought he no, said No, he said memes. memes. Yeah. He said memes. I mean, memes are pretty cute. It is Say cute. It, it's it's kind of similar to mispronouncing gif and saying jif instead. Ooh, oh, is that is that enduring fired. or is that just... <laughs> Dan's taking off his headphones. He's leaving. Don't get me started. 
Sorry. And I feel like mispronouncing memes just dates him even more because yeah. I feel like like we know that he's in his 50s now, but I just I look at him and I can't really place the age. I think it might be the hair. Yeah. Cuz it's totally the hair. Know? Well, and he has that look where you can't tell if he's in his is he a really worn 37? Or is he a okay 52? Yeah. Like it's, <laughs> yep. he's in yeah. that spectrum. Yeah. It's like a well-worn in shoe. Like, oof. Not an awful way to put you know? it. I mean, it is a compliment for sure. He's like a six month old toothbrush. That's weird. <laughs> I was like, I don't know where you're going with the shoe thing. So. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he expresses that he has loyalty to the cats. He doesn't really care about Jeff or Joe. Yeah. He doesn't care about any of that stuff. He says that Joe shouldn't be free. He says, not no, but fuck no. And yeah. good riddance to Joe. Yeah. 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 Yikes. And then I, I do really appreciate that he made the irony comment of that. This is all Joe's ever strived for is this t- this level of fame. Yep. And he can't enjoy it. He can't make Which money off so of it. He funny. can't do anything about it. <laughs> so, so funny. And other people bring that up too, how this is all he ever wanted in life. And now he has it, but he can't watch the show. Right. Right. have Netflix right. in prison. Right. Yeah, poor Joe. But it makes sense. If he's working similar hours to what he was under Joe's um, reign or whatever. I mean, he doesn't have time to sit down and watch seven hours of yeah, yep. of a documentary. That and we saw Jeff and Lauren do. Well, yeah, they don't do anything <laughs> besides fuck <laughs> the nanny. Um, <laughs> so fuck nanny. Yeah, fuck the nanny. Fuck, fuck the nanny. And with Eric too, we saw in the last episode he was fucking distraught. Yes. After everything goes down and, and Joe goes to prison and stuff, mo- mostly based off of the the tiger. So. I could certainly see him not wanting to relive the slow downfall mm-hmm. of uh, of the zoo and everything around it. Yeah. I do appreciate that he says the tigers were definitely kept in better regard than the workers were. Yeah. Which I know is certainly something we talked about early on. Mm-hmm. And I was yeah. really excited when he talked about how, you know, he got clean after all that happened with Joe. He specifies yeah. he never did meth because everyone is speculating these people on the show, especially if they have yeah. bad teeth. They must have been doing drugs, which you can have bad teeth without doing meth. It's not super common in America anymore, but it's possible. I mean, when you see their living conditions, I'm sure a toothbrush isn't exactly what they're going for. And I'm sure none of them have been to a dentist. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think that snowballs pretty quick if you're not taking care of yourself. Mm. And I loved when he was like, I'm old and it's going to happen to you. (laughs) Pointing right at Joel. Yeah. It's going to happen to you. And he's like, not me. He, He has health insurance, I'm sure. But I think he, he's one of the ones that mentioned early on that he was an alcoholic when he got hooked up with Joe and Joe mm-hmm. helped keep him off. Yep. So I think that's good. I think that's a pretty common story for a lot of the people that worked for him. Yeah. Which is nice that anything good can come out of this story. Right. Of drama. Next, Joel talks to Jeff and Lauren Lowe. They got up really early, like 5 a.m. to watch the series and watch the whole thing through before yeah. anybody else. Probably, you know, tagged in and out with a nanny right. a couple times. It makes sense, though, why they would want to watch it all at once to get ahead of anything. Oh, right? absolutely. Because pretty dubious, their behavior. Well, and it's not like he was going to go to the new zoo and help Tim Stark, you know, right. move dirt or whatever. So. No. <laughs> Just start pointing. This should go there. With a tiny mouth. <laughs> go there. Also, how many t-shirts did he say he owned? 60? 60, 60 to, to 70. 70 affliction t-shirts. Yeah. yeah. And then biker jackets, like leather jackets. 
He provides a good many. use for it, though. That Honestly, his arms are getting torn up. When we were watching it, I was like, that's actually a really good idea yeah. to help protect yourself and prevent other clothes from getting wrecked all the time. Well, Ooh. and one of the first times we see him and Lauren together, they're like playing with a lion in the cage, mm-hmm. and the lion starts to get out of control. Yep. And he like holds the fucking lion down. He's like, Lauren, get out, get out of the cage now. Yeah. Yeah. And then they spray it down with a hose or whatever to yeah. get it off Jeff. But yeah, all right. It's a good idea. Yeah. I like that it's not just. Because so much of Jeff's look, I feel like, is trying to portray himself in a certain way. But I appreciate that that specific aspect of him is functionality. Yeah. Other than he just like... He look like a 23-year-old Kyle. Right. <laughs> That's what he's going for. He needs punching, to carry on a can of Monster. As, as can someone, of Monster punching drywall. <laughs> as someone that's been wearing literally the same outfit since high school, uh, I appreciate someone that dedicates themselves to such a specific look that every piece of it he has multiple versions of, so he can effectively wear the same thing every day, but it's different. It's like mix and match. Right. I mean, I've done the same thing, been in Old Navy, and I'm like, hey, these shirts are like $7, and I kind of like the way it looks. I'm going to buy six, just different colors of it. That's why I find it easy just to not have a look, just like jeans and a T-shirt or a flannel or whatever, and it's just good to go because I don't care. That is a look, though. it's not yeah. trying to have it's, a look. I think it's, it's, it's just almost, a look that happened to it's you. A choice. <laughs> All right. It's, I, I almost, mean, I guess that's true. Almost looped around. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's, you're like trying so hard to not try that now you have a style. Yeah. But it's, I was thinking it's like it's super generic, like yeah. jeans and a graphic t shirt, typically. Graphic t shirts are one of the more expensive versions of t shirts that you can buy. That's true. So. I don't know where I was going with this. Uh, <laughs> Every time I say something on this show, I get attacked. <laughs> uh, yeah, welcome to the Space Between Presents. That's how we do things here. It's just a oh, bunch shit. of people that love to play devil's advocate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff and Lauren, obviously, were not happy with how they were portrayed. And I feel like they knew that they would be portrayed negatively. Oh, and that's sure. why they got up early. Like, Eric... How are they going to portray him negatively? He's working. He's he doesn't fucking care anyway. Right, exactly. He doesn't care. He's just the head keeper there, so he's got an actual job to do, and he didn't really get mixed up in any of the drama, so there's nothing to really fear about his representation. Right. Whereas with Jeff and Lauren, they knew that it was not going to be great, so they're not really happy about how that was portrayed, which, like, big surprise. He does address, too, how, like, oh, wow, everyone you work with it ends up not working out. And he's like, well, basically, that's just what happens when you try to help people. Like, he made himself out to be some, like, Robin Hood. I still feel there's there's um, there's um credence to that. He yeah. Gets, he gets mixed up with Joe Exotic. He helps him out a fucking ton, drops a ton of money. And then Joe embezzles a whole yeah. fuck ton of money. But from now him. Jeff's got a zoo for free. Right. I mean, free yeah. in air quotes, yeah. not really free. Based off of Joe's own really lawyer's recommendation, though. Right. Like, yeah. So that that's the thing. I still I still want to defend Jeff and Lauren a little. Right. Because they never stole the zoo. They had had it already the whole fucking time. Right. Yeah. Also, Jeff clears up the whole like the office was bugged thing that Josh had mentioned a few episodes ago. <laughs> yeah. It was an antenna. That John Ranke put up for a like walkie-talkie set. 
Yeah. So which, not yeah. not a federal. Which is certainly exactly what it looks like, seeing as how it would, there was a hole exactly. drilled into the sheet right. metal of the side of the building and to install it. And it was like it. sticking straight up. Like that's right. not on the DL whatsoever. Like I always imagine that the government is like hiding bugs in your lights, like that glass fixture yeah. that goes over the light. Like that's where they always stick them, at least in the movies. Yeah. Yeah. Ceiling titty. Yeah. Yeah. They 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 put the it in your ceiling nipple titty. is actually normally right where it is. Yeah. That's how yeah. I see it in the movies. At least. Um, I used to work at a lamp factory that's called a finial. Oh. Oh. But that screws on the top to hold the shade in place? Yeah, or the bottom. A top finial. or bottom. You heard it here first, friends. A switch. Top or a bottom. Finial. Sure. Nintendo switch or reverse. Finial. <laughs> Anything else about Jeff and Lauren? They have a hot nanny. They're great people, I think, overall. Like, I agree with you, Danny and Sarah, that, and Dan. I just think they're great people. They do a good job. <laughs> they They've obviously brought the what? standards of the um, of the zoo up. They've kept the good employees that really deserve to be there. And you know what? They had fun doing it. Those last what? three points you made are all probably true. Yeah. And the fact that he apparently has aced all his USDA inspections, yeah. and that was something that Renke and um, Joe constantly complained about them never being able to get. Right. Mm. Interesting. I want to know more about those inspections. I'll look it up never, but I want to know. I've thought about looking it up probably twice. Yeah. So (laughs) this makes a break time. Yeah. Looking that up. Don't want to hurt yourself. Joel moves on to my favorite. He's got a special place in my heart, and I'm getting a T-shirt made about him. John Ranky. John Ranky is probably my favorite character in this entire. God, I love him. And this was the one where Dan was like, "You just keep saying." Oh no, it was Saf. But like John Ranky, I was like, I love this guy. Yeah. I just love this guy. I love him. He's got such a good head on his shoulders, and it's so nice to see him happy. Yeah. And not like, I feel like Joe is such a burden for him for so long, and now he's free. Or it could have been his ex-wife. Who knows? I think even even the way he put it in in the last episode before this was he was like, my job made me unhappy, and it affected my marriage. He doesn't blame his ex-wife at mm-hmm. all. Yeah. Like, he's just like, listen, it didn't work out. We were both unhappy, and we wanted to be happy. Yeah. Makes sense. Good yeah. on him. Totally. He's he- super charismatic. I just like him. I like his face, yeah. and I like when he smiles. Yeah. I like his face. Yeah. He's got a great set of teeth. He does. Oh, man, those teeth. Are they the, dentures? Like they're Finley's definitely dentures, proper? yeah. They look too perfect. They're he definitely dentures. He talks very well with yes. them, though. Yes, yeah. he does. Unlike John Finley. Oh, yeah. well, he's like, John Finley is like like a Bambi with mm-hmm. him, and then he's got his tongue pierced too, to so he's like gobbledygook mouth. Yeah, he'll get it though. He'll get it down. I believe in him. Yeah, yeah. So call him mush mouth. Mush mouth. So John Ranky, he says that he was more committed to the animals than Joe. He says that Joe was always belittling someone. He bl- Joe blew up John's golf cart and his cabin. Mm. Blew a hole in the cabin. Right. Which is just yeah. fucking golf right? cart. wild. Like what the hell? John says he got along with Jeff at first, but he quit. When Joe did. And then he talks about this fist fight between Jeff and Dylan in the parking lot that lasted like 15 minutes. And why wasn't that in the show? Right. For real. Come on, Eric. Obviously. They didn't have it recorded for once. I mean, Joe was the driving force behind a lot of the recording. True. And he was incarcerated at the time. So it makes sense. Mm -hmm. I I wouldn't have been shocked if, because there's almost no footage after Joe's incarcerated in the park. So Mm -hmm. Jeff probably shut that shit right fucking down. Yeah. Which makes sense. Mm. Did that fist fight happen after he went to jail, though? Because John said how he was, like, going along, it was all right, and then the day that Joe quit. So I was was really curious about that timeline, too, because he says he quit the same day Joe quit, but also, when did Joe... Yeah, I don't know. You know, I don't know. Yeah. He could have meant it more metaphorically. 
like mentally he had yeah. checked out when Joe quit and then that fist fight happened and then he was like, all right, I'm done here. Yeah. Who knows? Or Joe Exotic is 100% the type of person to quit a job he obviously no longer has while in jail. <laughs> like talking to Jeff on the phone or something yeah. from jail being like, well, I quit. I quit. <laughs> you can't fire me. Um, you're in jail. You're in jail, Joe. There's, <laughs> right. Now you're in jail. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you're in you're in moral jail. I was really surprised when John said that he hasn't had any contact with Joe. I definitely thought that if anyone was going to keep in touch with him, it would be John. But makes sense to not like a self preservation kind of thing. Mm. Like why? Right. And especially because there. we know Joe's got appeals going on and various lawsuits going on, it's better just not to yeah not to connect yourself with anything like that. He's not going to be getting rid of those pants anytime soon. No, he no. won't. He's not even going to sell them. No. And, like, people should see the legs, you know? They're all, like, done up. Right. People should see them, you know? Hell, right. if I only had half a leg, why wear pants? Yeah. I mean, if, if I paid someone to paint my legs like that, I would definitely want to show them off all the time. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's like you don't get a manicure and then wear gloves all the time. It's stupid. Also, uh, he probably hasn't contacted Joe because literally everyone turned on Joe. I don't right. think Joe probably has contact with Mm-mm. anyone. Outside Mm-mm. Dylan. Yeah. I thought so, that was pretty interesting. Like, even staff was like, no. Yeah. No, thank you. I think, like like we discussed, yeah, in the last episode, obviously the, the conditions and, and the people and the financial status of the employees at the GW Zoo are super prime targets for prosecutors to be like, well, we're just going to fuck it. You know, you're mm-hmm. on our side or their yep. side, and we're going to exactly. fuck you if you don't turn on them. Yep. So they obviously all did. That's certainly a tactic that led to that. I was surprised, though, in this episode by how many of them, like if Joel asked, do you think that Joe did it? Do you think justice was served? They were like, oh, yeah, he should stay in jail. Like maybe not die in jail, but he should be in jail. Right. You know, it's not none of them like flipped back because I kind of thought if it had just been like the feds putting pressure on them, they're like, well, you know, I'm going to be team government. Then they would kind of like. Be no, more candid in this, at least, because yeah. they're not, like, on the stand or whatever, but... Mm. I think in a lot of those situations where you have someone that's maybe doing something they don't necessarily want to do first, they kind of justify it afterwards. Right. And go a little too hard in their own self-justification of it. Yeah. Speaking of someone who that really surprised me, Saf, his whole thing where all throughout the series, the first seven episodes, he seemed very, like, Team Joe, gets his arm ripped off, goes right back to work, like, mm-hmm. you know, the looking out for the zoo and how that looks and so that people can't spin it in a negative way and just really seem to have Joe's back. But in this, he's like, no, that's Joe's a shit person, basically. I was also really surprised by that. Yeah, he says straight up that he thought that justice was served. He also is the what, only person that speaks that in any see, positive light you know, about Joe. Right, with yeah. the, like, they didn't show his good sides enough, mm-hmm. which I was surprised that that came from Saf. I expected that from Rinky right. or maybe even Eric. Mm-hmm. But Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And I loved that Saf talked about the Thanksgiving dinner where, you know, we saw that and it looked like part of his campaign scheme to put on this big dinner or whatever. Right. But Joe... But he was doing it every year. He did it every year free of charge, which is so amazing. And, like, he provided that food himself. And it's just a really cool thing to do as, you know, a a public figure to do that for your community. That's really awesome. Well, it's a... Make it, too. It's not like he ordered catering for 150 people or made sure everyone brought stuff. It was, like, him and his parents and his husbands. Yeah. Which is so sweet. Yeah. 
every year I'm like, oh, we should like work at a place for Thanksgiving and like Best Buy or no, <laughs> no, I don't want to get trampled. I just want to serve <laughs> out like oh. croissants or whatever. I think actually, let's start a campaign where. Because the time food kitchens and stuff really don't need help is Thanksgiving and Christmas because they're all super overstocked with with people reaching out to do it. Right. They need it the rest of the time. Okay. I think we all start a campaign to take the place of retail workers on Thanksgiving so they can actually stay home. That would be nice. Right? Yeah. That would be amazing to actually see Adam on Thanksgiving. Well, you'd be working, so you wouldn't see him. But <laughs> yeah. fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Anarchy. No, I mean, but to your point, you know, Adam and I have been together for six years and I've I've literally never seen him on Thanksgiving. Yeah, that's how my wife and I spent our first several holidays and Christmases and stuff. What's interesting to me about Saf's part in this is that Joel asks him about um, his being misgendered in the docuseries. And he's like, yeah, he's like other people were more upset about it than me. You didn't I really found care. that really interesting. Yeah. yeah. He was just kind of like, whatever. Yeah. And I was like, good. Because I feel like, you know, anyone, you ask about it and they're like, oh, well, they're, they're called Safashi and he's a he. And like, but when it comes straight from, you know, the proverbial horse's mouth, they didn't actually care. So yeah. not everyone gets all uppity about certain things. Sometimes there are things that are more important. Danny's right. Social justice warriors really need to. Yeah, they need to chill the fuck out. I don't necessarily agree with her to the extreme that she feels that. (laughs) I mean, to call somebody a horse to make your point—that's kind of hard. Yeah, super fucking rude. You can't do to me what I do to you. (laughs) (laughs) You can't twist my words. Can't take it. Season two, Dan strikes back. Once. (laughs) Oh no! I got my word. He found his balls in my purse, you guys. (laughs) Shit. Tim, if you don't Whoa. hear from me tomorrow, it's just an Indian cocktail. <laughs> here's what here's what we'll do: we'll file for a restraining order that'll fail first because there was no actual physical contact, right. and then you That's know, right. then she'll kill you. I'm gonna straight up Carol Bask in this. I mean, so Danny, are you are you hinting that you want Ambien for your birthday? Yes. Well, okay. She doesn't even need to use Ambien. I mean, just have me drink like two or three beers, and I'll be. That's true. <laughs> Not mm. even beers, just Michelob Ultra Light. Uh, <laughs> it was there. No one else was going to drink it. It was free. Excuses. I'll never live excuses. it down. Mm-hmm. I think the real thing that we've learned from this is not that you're a lightweight. It's that <laughs> she's been slowly poisoning probably your kidneys and liver for a long time to make sure that you never gain any tolerance whatsoever. Hey, his liver was fatty when I met him. <laughs> Allegedly. Some oh, foie gras. <laughs> you gotta say oh, it like shit. that every time. Foie gras. Every time um, I say that word, I will say it like that. Foie gras. Yeah, you said you're like, yeah, can I have the Caesar salad and the foie gras? And the <laughs> red wine? Thank you. Foie gras. Pretty sure it's illegal in most places in America now. They put it on burgers in Vegas somewhere, I think. Jesus. Gross. That's crazy. It's like one of those fucking thousand dollar burgers. It's like that and gold leaf and truffle and Oh mm. yeah. Yeah. Gold leaf is fucking stupid. They just do it to make it that expensive. Like, yeah, it's yeah. edible, but d- literally tastes like nothing. Right? Like at least truffles taste good. Oh fucking truffle. Oh, they're that so popcorn. Good. Mm. 
I never really understood the whole truffle thing very specifically. Like there's companies like Lind or Lindor. I don't know how you fucking say it, but they just go out in the woods and they fucking find those little chocolates. Right. Yeah. How do they, that's it's chocolate. It must be a special chocolate inside pig. it. Oh, maybe that's what it is. Chocolate pigs. Chocolate oh. pigs. Like chocolate the, like the goose in Willy Wonka. Yeah. That lays the golden egg. But they're pigs right. that find chocolates. Yeah. <laughs> Chocolate picks. All right, we're off topic. Up next on Joel's list, we've got Josh, Joe Exotic's former campaign manager. He says that he was with Joe since day one of filming. He thinks that the whole docuseries is fair and balanced. He knew that Joe was batshit crazy when he signed on to work for him, but he's like, as a poli-sci major in Oklahoma, how often are you going to get someone who's like, hey, do you want to manage my campaign for me? So he was like, hell yeah, I'm going to do that. Absolutely. The thing with Josh that I'm glad that they really touched on here, because I think a lot of people wanted more closure with that, was what happened with him after Travis's suicide and watching him kill himself. He never got counseling after that. That's fucked up. Right? That's so crazy to me. And someone... Yeah, go ahead. No, you go. As someone who does, you know, I myself have mental health issues. Um, I have anxiety disorder and, you know, not being able to get the help that you need and, you know, not getting, be able to get the medication you need. That's awful. Right. It's just a basic, it should be a basic healthcare need. Mm -hmm. Obviously this gets into a much larger conversation, but I really feel as someone else who's struggled with their mental health. Absolutely. And I feel like no one really was there to advocate for Josh to get counseling after that. Like any of us could say like, obviously the guy needs to see someone about this. But everyone else was so, as the kids say, shook about what happened with Travis. Well, and I I think that's that's a super important point that when you have uh, an insane event like that happen, that obviously... He was there, he witnessed, he saw, and then he had to continue going back to that desk every single day, mm-hmm. seeing the bullet, the bullet hole in the wall. Oh, yeah, that's messed up. That obviously Joe took a lot of the attention from that, mm-hmm. that, you know, literally anyone else getting any type of uh, help or counseling from that was probably completely overwashed. Yep. Um, all of the other shit that was going on at the time. He did look like had a successful GoFundMe campaign. Mm. As someone else had yep. started for him, I saw that it oh, it was good. shooting for 15k. It raised 18k. That's and awesome. He was able to oh, to be able to to get the help that he was looking for. But Ugh. back to that point, and he's a federalist too. Which when he's saying you know we need shit done, you're not doing your job, mm-hmm. all that stuff. Uh, you know, pretty standard federalist stuff. Or uh, what's the I word? Not independent. He's a libertarian. Libertarian. Yeah. Not yeah. Not I. But a lowercase I. L looks like a capital I. Yeah, so whatever. But I forget where I was going with that. Well, he's like calling on the government to do something. So the fact that, you know, he fucking witnessed this fucking travesty. But unfortunately, it's it's the state of affairs that he has to Mm -hmm. have somebody else start a GoFundMe for him so he can actually seek the fucking help that he needs after experiencing that. And it's fucking awful. Yeah. He talks about how Joe didn't get counseling either. Joe went to see a shaman instead. <laughs> totally in character. Right? Completely <laughs> Joe exotic. I said that and I was like, of course he did. Right. We'd never expect him to make um, sound adult decisions. No. <laughs> Good Lord. It was in the vein of making an adult decision, though, in his right. own mind. You can right. certainly tell he's like, well, I should probably talk to someone. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to go. Smoke a bunch of opiates in a teepee in the desert right. for three days. And then days this and way, if anyone is like, oh, Joe, have you talked to anybody? Like, yeah, I talked to somebody. Got me a date. And there he goes. I wonder if Dylan is a shaman. <sighs> well, also that plays into his fucking rock and roll lifestyle. Right. If you, if fucking Selena Gomez was to experience something, she would probably, in fact, go see some guru or shaman or whatever. Totally. And yeah. uh, Joe lives that lifestyle. Yep, absolutely. Completely agree. 
would talk to the Dalai Lama. His holiness, the Dalai Lama to you. I saw him in an episode of King of the Hill once. He seemed like a pretty cool guy. Yeah, straight up kicking it. I really like his hairstyle. Now, probably the person we're the most excited about to talk about, I think, is John Finley. Because number one, them teeth. Yeah. You got his so teeth. Good. He does look good. What is this, Sarah? Them teethers? Them teethers. He got them teethers. I was so happy he mentioned that at some point in the future, they're going to reveal his complete cover-up mm-hmm. of the tattoo. Because I looked real hard for it. And mm. as of the time of recording, I looked it up for at least probably 45 minutes today. Yeah. And it is not up yet. Oh, I but can't at wait some to point, see it. Yeah, me neither. We're going to have to put that on our Instagram oh, when it's finally announced. Sure. We will put it on social, you guys. We'll have Just a vlog about it on the Patreon. Definitely. He drops this bomb that Joe wasn't singing in his songs, which... Right. Duh. We all knew. No shit. I found what? quite a few articles. There's a Rolling Stone article and a Vanity Fair article talking about how, no, Joe didn't sing any of his own songs. He contracted these other artists didn't pay them anything, told them that his show was being fought out over. He told them that his show was being fought over by different networks to have the rights to his reality show. So they thought that that exposure would get them famous. And he just went with it and stole their music, acted like he was singing it. He couldn't even play the guitar. So a lot of the times when it shows him playing the guitar, he'll be behind something so you can't see that he's not even strumming in tune with it or in yeah. time with it. Yep. Rick Kirkham... Talked about in the Vanity Fair article about how they actually got Joe drunk and stoned one night and had him try to sing one of the songs. And he said that it was like incoherent. You could not even understand. <laughs> the next week, <laughs> Rick's recording studio just happened to go up in flames. Uh, so I was just trying to look up pictures of his finished tattoo in case it's been up since you were looking earlier. I, it's, it's not on here. But what I did find was a CNN article from... April 4th, that Joel, this question didn't make it into the this episode oh. for John Finley of who would play him in the, in the movie, mm-hmm. who he would cast. John Finley would cast either Channing Tatum or, which I think is a genius idea, Shia LaBeouf. Ooh! Yeah. Yes. Ooh, I, I like that. I, I've had a very recent heavy appreciation for Shia LaBeouf after watching some of the indie stuff that oh, he's come out with. I need to with. watch that. What Honey is, Boy? Uh, yeah, that's the one I need to Real watch. Real good. Because mm. I've always liked Shia LaBeouf, even through his crazy times. Shia LaBeouf. Um, but I think that's actually spot on casting. Yeah. Shia LaBeouf yeah. is John Finley. You don't Please. think Channing Tatum should play him? Not even close. No, see, here's the thing with Channing Tatum, though. Amazing sense of humor on that guy. He would... Absolutely, he would act go the hell hard. out of that. Well, just, yeah, what was it? The, the end of the world. Uh, the Seth Rogen. Mm. Crew, um, this is the end. This is the end. Yeah. Oh my god! I yeah, love that his movie. appearance in that was just amazing. Yeah, he was incredible <laughs> in Twenty One and Twenty Two Jump Street too. Mm. Those movies are really, really stupid good. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. I haven't seen Twenty Two. I only saw Twenty One, and I really liked it. Nice. I can't remember if I ever not, but yeah, Shia LaBeouf I think is a great. Yeah, pick. John Finley's not really happy with his portrayal in the series, which I think is really fair. He's really they amp up the whole like stupid toothless hillbilly kind yeah. of thing, and then Joel asks him like, "Well, why didn't you wear a shirt?" Because I feel like a lot of it, like, all right, you don't have teeth, okay, but then you're not wearing a shirt. You've got all these, like, really not yeah. great tattoos, which I give him credit because the amount of time it must have taken to get all those tattoos, yeah, it, yeah, he probably spent a considerable amount of time and money on doing that. I really appreciate the fact that he has a tap-out tattoo on his right arm, mm-hmm. and when he's normally seen with clothing on, they're also tap-out shirts. So I believe 
that John Finley most likely paid for his teeth with a tap-out endorsement deal. Oh. And part of that deal was that whenever he's on camera, that he is representing the brand in some way, shape, or form, which is right. why he elected to be shirtless through most of it. Nice. Also, what is tap-out? MMA. Oh. Okay. But very important thing here, back to the Eric uh, as well, John Finley had effectively been off drugs for five years, the entirety of them filming. Yeah. And Josh Dial, too, was just like, I've never touched it. I've never done drugs. Mm-hmm. And just was effectively like, we're in the South. People don't have great teeth. Just fucking lay yeah. off us. Like, yeah. It is know. super common. Like I was watching, I can't remember what show it was, but it was this uh, dentist had like a mobile office essentially and was going all around like in the South because they get like Mountain Dew mouth. And yeah. I mean, even me teaching high school i see kids who come up into the high school for middle school and their teeth are wrecked and they're 13 years old Mm -hmm. and it's yeah it's really unfortunate but you know it's that the standard american diet and lots of mountain dew and poor choices so john finley's teeth got fixed in 2019 i want to say january of 2019 his fiance wanted him to get his teeth fixed before they got married which you know makes sense yeah yeah and like we were saying last episode it takes time you've got to get all the rest of them pulled then Let you're your waiting gums six heal. months. Yep, before you can even think about getting fitted for dentures. And the way he talks about them too initially, whereas like he wasn't wearing them, mm-hmm. then then he was, and I mean it yeah. takes it takes time yeah. to get used to it, and you know he'll and get you gotta there. Stick with it. Yeah, but you gotta so, get your tongue pierced. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just to lock her in. Exactly, because then it's like you know you gotta have something to like clacking around in there <laughs> instead of just random loose teeth that fall out as you're talking. <laughs> right. <laughs> but he looks like he's doing well, and that was really exciting. And that made me really happy because when he's talking, I understand his, I understand how he was frustrated with how he looked in the show. But then when he's actually talking in the interview with Joel, he seems like a perfectly intelligent person. Like he doesn't strike me as being stupid by any means, but I feel like he really thought that's how he came across. He was almost used as, as comic effect. Something Mm -hmm. would happen and they'd cut to him not saying anything. Right. Just showing the toothless grin. Yep. And it was funny. It was funny. But, yeah, that's how he's going to be remembered forever, regardless of Uh how many cool teeth he has now in his head. Yeah. What was it in the last episode they said something to do him and he was like, what? Jeff and James were confidential informants. For the FBI. Yeah. Yeah. And his look, he was like, they were? It was priceless. So good. It was really great timing. He's a comedic genius, obviously. Yeah. But, you know, I'm happy for him. Life after Joe. (laughs) I would. Seems I would. Like everyone's that. better off, which is for really sad. real. Yeah. Oh huh. my god! It's almost like there's a pattern, right? There's there's a What's common the denominator here. Like Carol, Forty Second Street, whatever that movie is. Jimmy Stewart. What's up? It's a Wonderful Life. <gasps> yeah, that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What about it? <laughs> you know, I should stop talking because I've actually never seen the movie. Um, I just figured it was like <laughs> good point, Sarah. Well done. <laughs> it's where um, isn't it like where like he dies and he shows like how sad people are when he's not there? Well, no, like, he he says, "I wish I'd never been born," and then an angel comes down and says, "Like, well, this is what would have happened if you hadn't been born," and it's way worse. Yeah. Oh. But yeah, it's a yeah, classic. See, it's the American opposite film. of that, yeah. right? Yeah. You did it, Sarah. <laughs> I remember what point you were trying to make in the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool, 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 cool. All right, the last guest in this little uh, mashup that Joel McHale's hosting is Rick Kirkham. Can I just say this is the most disappointing 
interview out of them all. Really? I felt like, yeah, there was just not a lot there. It was just him kind of self-promoting himself, and I thought that was super lame. Yeah, it yeah, was weird. The, point. the whole, like, inside edition. Like, when I started inside edition, right. you know, that, I was like, meh. I just want to remind you that he has credentials. Right. Right, but his statement where he's like, I think the thing that makes Joe Exotic the maddest is that people like me are receiving all the fame and attention. Uh-huh. It's like, I don't think Joe Exotic has thought about you since he yeah. fucking blew no. up your radio studio. <laughs> no, that really comment rubbed me the wrong way, too. Yeah. Who thought blew up the... Who set his Right. Up. I was a little disappointed yeah. you didn't ask that question. And there was yeah. no mention of it at all. Mm-hmm. Like, not even I lost my retirement, so I went to Norway. Just right. fucking whatever. Yeah. I do love that he went to Norway and that Tiger King is popular in Norway. Good. Right. That was That's really yeah. exciting. Yeah, that was really cool. He knew, he says he knew three months in that Joe was shady and he saw him doing shady shit. And then he tells the horse story, which is really sad. Yeah. I'm not, I was not at all surprised. I was, yeah, no, I was not, not shocked at all, but I he was like, certainly. He talks about that lady bringing in the trailer with a horse in it. I was like, well, there's tiger meat. Yeah, like, right. That was my first yeah. You know. I'm happy I switched to Jeff being America's hero instead of Joe. Right. Partway through the series because that would have knocked him down a peg. See, this is what they want to happen, though, because they knew that the the charges, the murder for hire charges wouldn't stick. So they want you to hate them with the animal abuse stuff. Right. Yeah. Right. So For a second there, I thought you said that Joel, as in Joel McHale, was America's hero. No, he was at one point, not anymore. No. When he was on Community. Yeah. I don't remember the characters. It was a great time. Jeff. (laughs) Stop it. (laughs) Of course it was. God damn it. God damn it. So, really, (laughs) I stand by my statement. Jeff is America's hero. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Fun fact that Rick divulges about Joe, though. Joe is actually scared of tigers and lions. I don't think he is, though. I don't. I think he's just trying to make Joe sound even worse maybe like there's there are plenty of times we saw him getting into cages with multiple tigers yeah like that one time scared. He, like that one time someone rubbed sardine oil on his exactly. and then he started one, yeah. shooting at him and then the tiger was like <laughs> blah, 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 blah. <laughs> you didn't seem like a person that was terrified of tigers no it, no some of the first shots you see him fucking like rubbing up on lions and My stuff sexy tiger yeah. <laughs> right yeah I think he was just being a little petty there. Maybe after that particular scene where we see the the tiger really going mm-hmm. for a shoe or whatever, I could certainly see maybe a shift Hell after yeah. that. Yeah, Hell I mean, yeah. he could have been eating no problem there. Yeah, and no one was so going to help him either. No. <laughs> Josh just stood there filming and yeah. however many other camera crew people were around at that time. All right, Joe made it very clear he wanted everything on camera, so you can't begrudge them for doing their What's jobs. What's supposed to do, put the camera down? I don't know. It's crazy. If only they made these things... Like a contraption with like like three ish legs that you could like put a camera on and it would hold it in place for you. Like a tricycle, so you can move it around. Right, a tricycle for your camera. Yeah. A tri camera. Like tri cameras, Cole. Like Tyrion Lannister. That was a nice specific That's... joke I like. I always yes. think of Mini Me in Awesome Powers oh, yeah. 3. Ooh. Yep. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. For that particular joke. Bam. It's Bam. like a baby's Bam. arm holding an apple. <laughs> I thought it smoked cabbage. Oh, that's great. All right, so that pretty much concludes. I don't know. I felt like it was it was kind of nice to touch base with some of them, but yeah. I felt like it was very unsatisfactory. Yeah, then it yeah. literally yeah. ends with, he's like, I'm Joel McHale. This is my couch. Bye. <laughs> yeah. Like, right. I guess it's over. It all it did was wet the appetite just a little bit more. Uh-huh. It just reinvigorated that like, uh, 
and then mm-hmm. then you get that. Yeah. It's a half-hearted hand job. It really with no was. Release. <laughs> and then like was it Carol go. Baskin in the show for a hot second? What's that? Was it no. Carol Baskin in the show for a hot second or was it the TMZ one? That's the TMZ one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So moving on, Hulu offers a special, you know, if you're into that sort of thing, if you don't have normal cable like us. And it's just through TMZ. I think it was originally aired on Fox. The first thing that I noticed was that the people couldn't swear on it, which is how you know you've really been spoiled. Mm -hmm. Because they bleep out like half of everything that Alan Glover says, which, (laughs) you know, bummed me out a little bit, but whatever. And it's the guy from Judge Judy. Yeah, I was going to say this was hosted by Harvey Levin, who was like the out on the street guy during the Judge Judy. And like, so what do you think? She's like, boy, if my mama ever did that to me, like, you know. Right. He ended up him. pivoting from that. He He's run TMZ for a long time. Oh, cool. So if you've ever watched the show, he's the dude in the middle, like, having all of the people that, you know, harass celebrities, like, giving yeah. stories. Yeah. Nice. That's his deal. That's his thing. Cool. Way to go, Harvey. Being a lawyer. For, like, 40 years. At the time of the TMZ airing, 34 million viewers had tuned in to watch Tiger King at that point, which was very exciting. In the beginning of the episode, Harvey Levin gives a recap of the trial and the sentencing. Nothing is new there if you've watched Tiger King. The question that they bring up is, was the money that Joe gave Alan Glover for murder or was it just to leave the zoo entirely? Because $3,000, again, not a lot of money to pay a hitman. Right. But, I mean, that's the, if I were on that jury, that would be reasonable doubt for me. I probably wouldn't have found Joe guilty on that count specifically. Right. I, yeah, I wouldn't either. That the, the story Joe tells, too, seems very legit. It does. It seems plausible, yeah. for yeah. sure. It seems more, le- more plausible and more mm-hmm. legit um, than Jeff and Alan's story. Can yeah. I just say the production quality, too, between this particular thing and the Netflix series as a whole? Oof. To see this as, like, an inside edition, fucking 2020, mm-hmm. like, just like, and then she killed her husband, <laughs> like, with cuts and stills, uh-huh. just in the, uh. And the video and quality I noticed, was awful. And they yeah. kept using the same, like, little snippet, like, three-second clip of, like, Joe with a tiger or, like, Joe near a tree with, like, a black sequin right. shirt on. And I was like, you've shown this three times now yeah. in, like, a 45-minute episode. It literally what looks like doing? it was made in 1992 uh-huh. for a local Fox affiliate. Yes, it did. Yeah, and they said they're going to have exclusive footage, which, I mean, maybe they had different shots of tigers and lions in cages, but, like, it didn't really seem to add anything new. Wasn't it called, like, What Really Happened? And it was, like, it didn't give us any new information. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, they did new interviews for it with obviously not sending them an iPhone. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Looked bad. So Doc is very prominent in this one, though, and he wasn't in the Netflix one, the Netflix bonus episode whatsoever he is adamant that jeff and james screwed joe over which i feel like a lot of us can see how that would go where i mean i think jeff and james also pretty much said they did that yes exactly i I think at least yes nancy grace gets on here and i'm not familiar with her too much i mean i've seen certain things with her in it but she dan said she is a mega karen where she's yeah. just, like, screaming. She did have a point, though. She said that she's not saying that Carol is a saint by any means. Like, she did some really nasty yeah. stuff to mm-hmm. Joe. But that doesn't mean that she deserves to be the target of a hit. Like, nobody deserves I'm to be murdered. Right. You know? That yeah. was the most frustrating part of that, is that she said nothing incorrect or off base. Mm-hmm. And I really wanted her to. I wanted to be mad at her just because her face makes me want to be mad. Oh, but my God. I just she's so annoying. Stop. Like, just go away. Right. She was too much. Too but much. she was completely reasonable the entire time. 
And yeah, what right. she said made sense. She wasn't presenting it in a reasonable manner. Right. She was very, right in your yeah. face, I'm mad about this, and you're going to listen. I was like, I don't want to. <laughs> don't make me. Go away. Don't make me, Nancy Grace. <laughs> so no surprise to anybody, unless you haven't been on any social media or seen any coverage of Tiger King whatsoever, the Don Lewis case gets reopened. Yeah. Which, super. Dude seems pretty Good. adamant about it, too. Yeah, oh my gosh, that sheriff is like fired up. About it. I guess Carol refused to give a polygraph once it got reopened, which. Why would you? (sighs) Polygraphs are. They're inadmissible. uh, Yeah. They're certainly not reliable, but at the same time, if you have nothing to hide. The logic she was presenting was not great either. Why? No, that was perfect logic. Well, she was. Why would you open yourself up to the possibility of anything happening? Right. Whether it's admissible in court or not. If there's anything on there at all that could lead any investigator or the public or a newspaper to start fucking blasting you more, she's not going to take any Mm -hmm. risk. Yeah, Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Because she wasn't a witness. She wasn't on trial. You know what I mean? Like, there was no benefit to her. So like what Danny just said, like, if you have nothing to hide, you shouldn't have anything to fear from that. But I guess... It, can, can, it is open to interpretation. Mm-hmm. Like right. It's not like yeah, it this doesn't matter. Here. You should always get a lawyer. You should always get a lawyer if you've ever been accused of committing a crime. Because mm-hmm. a lot of the times, Danny, especially with all the murder stuff we listen to, <laughs> like, oh, I'm just going to go in there and explain everything to the cops and I'll be fine. And then they're arrested right. like a day later. I'm going to represent myself. Right. <laughs> Terrible mm-hmm. idea. That always and, works out, doesn't it? Always. I mean, look how well it worked for uh, Ted Bundy. I don't know what that means. I can't believe I'm married to you. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I can't believe it. <laughs> um, Danny, was... do you want to get married to me and we'll talk about Ted Bundy until we're old? Yes. He was a murderer, right? More than anything. He was, was he the hot one? People found him attractive, yes. He was the brother yeah. of um, Al Bundy on Married mm-hmm. with Children. Oh. He was like a side so special edition character. Yeah. yeah. Yep. He came in funny. from the patio doors, not the front doors. Right. I I do feel bad. So it, in the event that Carol didn't kill her husband, I feel really bad that she's still enduring this. What he disappeared yeah, in, in ninety seven. In a fantasy world where Carol Baskins didn't in a kill fantasy her husband. World, in the fantasy world where she didn't do it, I feel bad for her. You know what though, Danny? To that point, I wanted to talk about um, what she said towards the end. Was like. I feel awful that people think that I would do something like that. Like, I can't believe people would actually think that. And mm-hmm. it's like, that's, this isn't about you. This is about a person that's been missing for 20 years. Right. And that's along the lines for me, like an apology where I'm sorry what I did upset you. Like, no, that, exactly. that's a bullshit <laughs> apology. You're not really apologizing. Yep. I'm sorry if I upset you. No. Yeah, it's not about you. It's about the person that's, that has disappeared. Right. And which makes me think that she's there's more going on. As a veteran liar, that is exactly what I would say in response to something if I was not doing a stellar job at hiding it anymore because it had been 23 years. Thank you for your candor. I want to yeah. make some stupid joke about veterinarians, but it just is not coming organically. But ah, Do you specialize in large animal lies or small animal lies? <laughs> One person brought up why Carol wasn't more concerned about finding Don initially when he went missing. And I feel like it's really unfair to base someone's guilt strictly in how they're responding to it. Because you can't say, like, well, he didn't seem upset enough that his wife was missing, so he must have killed her. Like, people process things differently. But at the same time, you have to know that public scrutiny is going to be on you, whether you did it or not. 
act a little more concerned, help out with investigations, offer a fucking reward. Like you're a millionaire. Your <laughs> husband's gone missing. For real. Like yeah. offer a $20,000 reward for anything that can help, you know, bring your husband home or something. Alternatively, one of the other things that you could do is get one of the people that used to work for your husband to cut the locks on his business so you could then take the will from the place of business and then write a new one. Yeah. You know, that's also another route that you yeah. could go. Probably what I would do first thing. That yeah. power of attorney in the event of my disappearance. Yeah. <laughs> that wording is so Fucking weird. Crazy. So yeah. weird. And part of me wants to say... There's no way she would be that dumb. Like, well, if we just make him look like he disappears, and then if we say specifically in the power of attorney in the event of my disappearance, that's just so stupid. But right, but that's yeah, but, but if it's worked for it. twenty three years. But very legitimately, she probably didn't pull the trigger, or yeah, I don't think she personally. Knife. It was probably her dad. Oh, yep. she learned from Mario. Mm. Yeah. Yep. She was just there. Was that his name? No. That's the Prime Minister of Canada. Yeah. <laughs> I yep. see how you get them confused. Yeah, they're very similar. <laughs> I don't know his last name either. I'm trying so. to think of it, and it's, it's like Trudeau. Mario Mario, I think. Oh, you're right. well, I made that joke. Oh, did you? Oh, Mario, 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 Mario Luigi. Mario. So they are offering immunity to anyone who can give information in this case, which yeah. is pretty baller. Yeah, it is. Like, they well, really and the way he puts help. it out, he's like, obviously she had help. It's not a single-person job. Someone out there helped her and knows about it and might want to get it off their chest. Yeah. Like, hell yeah. Uh, let us know first, though. You know, write to us at theprofessionalcasual at gmail.com. Let us know your information and, you know, let's turn in, turn her in together. Yeah. Let's get this done. Yeah. One thing that I did really like about this episode is that it went more into detail about what's happening with people like Doc and Jeff and other people yeah. since Joe's been arrested because we kind of had an inkling that Joe was going to try and give up some information on them to bring them down with him. We do find out Doc's under investigation. The USDA is investigating Doc and Jeff as well as others for the sale and transportation of endangered species, specifically tigers. That file has been sent to the Department of Justice. The Fish and Wildlife people are interested in it, too. And those agencies have only gotten interested in this since Tiger King came out, which I think is pretty cool as far as really shedding light on injustices going on in the country. Weren't those statements, though, from a miscellaneous source that had told the PETA lawyer that that was the case and not from any of those actual agencies, though? No, that's, like, legit oh, from the it? agencies, yeah. Okay, maybe that's just yeah. what oh, I wanted yeah, it to thought, be. Yeah. You wanted it to be Joe? Thing, huh? You wanted it to be Joe? No, I just, if I don't want them investigating Doc Antle and Jeff. I like those guys. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, you're going to get stairs started. Listen, but, his wife died in a car crash, Sarah. I can't believe you have zero sympathy. He's not married to any of those women. They're just his girlfriends. Not even know, all of them. Right? And they're aware of it. And they're 45 to 50. Right. I don't know why that fact was important. Because <laughs> yeah. they're oh, old. They're 45 and 50, they're fucking gross, but I'll still fuck them. <laughs> oh, old ladies need love, too. Right? Oh. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the attitude. Maybe it was a, like. to try to separate them as like a harem lord of bringing in 19-year-old right. girls or whatever. Well, but. And because in the series, the one who, like, quote-unquote, escaped the cult said that the four that are, like, the prominent, quote-unquote, wives, they got there and they were, like, 18 or 19. They're clearly not 18 and 19 anymore, but right. I think he wants to distinguish, like, these 
women that I'm associating with are not teenagers. Right. They are grown women. They're making these choices. So he did clear up all of his love life, which was great. He wasn't rated like the Netflix documentary said. And Tim, I know that you yeah. brought that point up. It was just connections that he had with these lions that he got from a place in Virginia that had been raided. He bought lions with fake papers. He did not know they had fake papers. Right. So he was cooperating mm-hmm. yeah. with the USDA. One thing he didn't clear up for us was what was up with that couch. Yeah. You're never going to know. There's nothing up with that couch. We already know what it's for. Uh huh. You want to take a black light to it, Dan? It's for for cub petting. (laughs) Don't pet my my chubby cub. Mm. We've both gotten bigger. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think he says that every time he gets a boner? (laughs) God, I hope so. While he's tag teaming his 45 year old girlfriend with his 24 year old son. (laughs) Oh. 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 Anyway. Is there something wrong with that? <laughs> <laughs> so Joe does form an alliance with PETA. He gives up dirt on different people, and he offers to become a spokesperson against cub petting for PETA, which I'm yeah. kind of like, you fucking shady bastard. Why? Yeah. I mean, I get why, but really so quickly. No, cub petting is great. As soon as you can, you're going to flip on that. All these people suck. Nobody has any real, like, right. chutzpah. I mean, everyone turned on him. You know what I mean? He doesn't care anymore. Which, to some extent... If it could get him out slightly earlier, Right. I've got to sympathize with him because he's, what, 57 now? Yeah. 22 years? Yeah. That's old. I mean, and federal prison sucks. I imagine. I mean, I've never been, but whatever. Tim, what was your opinion? So, (laughs) it's all about the start. If you get off to a good start in federal prison, you're pretty much set. I will to bet that he did not get off to a good start. Um, Knowing no. Joe. I don't know. No. People might like him a lot. It's one of the two. Bill Cosby runs a small gang in federal prison. What? They push him around in his wheelchair and they get him food. He's a fucking legend. Does he call him his puddin' pops? I, I don't know if you've seen <laughs> Bill Cosby in the last few years, but he's not oh. really held together with much but scotch tape. And pudding. Yeah, I mean, his eyes go in different directions. If they're open, he can't really talk. Like, it's, I mean, at least he got to live a full life before he... Good thing we got him in jail when his life was practically over. Right. Justice is being served right now. His early stand-up is amazing, though. That's true. I... You're right, Dan. I I think it does... I associated with Bill Cosby, but I would be a part of a cult that was... If they called me Puddin' Pops and gave me and gave me Puddin', I, I think I'd be pudding. part of that call. Mm. I, I like Puddin' a lot. Pudding. Damn. So they've got Dr. Phil on here. He gives a mental assessment of Ugh. Joe that's pretty... I hate Dr. Phil, too. I do, too. Wow! Fuck you, Sarah. First off, he has the greatest line in this entire episode, which is, he called her bitch so much I thought it was her last name. Oh, man. Dr. Phil is a treasure. He gives this yeah. mental assessment of Joe, Dr. though. Dr. I do. Well, if, if, if you were to put pants on a frog, would that solve your marriage? <laughs> no, fuck? I may sound like I got my snoop full of honeybees, but oh, he's, he's a delight. <laughs> I love that man. I hate Dr. A Jurassic Bill. hillbilly or whatever? Yeah. He gives this assessment of Joe, and literally everything that he said, I was like, yeah, Sarah said all that on our... On our podcast. So I think Dr. Yeah. Phil was listening to our podcast. Obviously, yeah. So shout out to Dr. Phil. Thank you for being a Patreon backer. We really appreciate that. And if you have any advice that you want us to solve, you know, feel free to submit yeah. those questions for Paco. Plop, plop that our way. Yeah. Travis Barker. Well, it shows that Dr. Phil's not a real doctor. 
Dr. Pepper's not a real doctor either, Sarah, but I drink them. And, like, Colonel Sanders Ugh. isn't really a colonel. Right. Yeah. He was a major. Yeah, but yeah. he doesn't have a show touting advice about how... Because <gasps> he's dead, Sarah. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, God. <laughs> and he was a cook. Okay, Tim, to be honest, I didn't hear what you said because it cut out. So. Oh, gotcha. Oh, so I listened to the episode. I said he didn't have a show because he's dead. Colonel Sanders. Oh. He died a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> like in the yeah, 40s. <laughs> They've got Travis Barker on as well, the drummer from Blink-182. Mm-hmm. I was like, is this really just like, hey, whoever you've got who's seen the show. Excuse me, but yeah, he I survived think... a very tragic plane crash. No, I know. And I love him. That's and I love like old school Blink-182. But like because he's pro-Joe, that's that's well, They needed someone they... in there for it. Yeah. There are a few people like Dr. Phil and Travis Barker that are just like, why... Like, I think I kind of stopped paying attention to the show at that point. I was like, this seems like it's over. I'm just going to look at my They phone. were totally just, like, reaching yeah. for someone with some kind of notoriety to fill that space that they had and there. specifically when Travis Barker's talking about it, too, you can tell that very specifically Travis Barker is a guy who's like, oh, yeah, Scarface is awesome. Yeah, he's like, Tiger Scarface. I like Scarface. Joe Exotic is Scarface. This is good. <laughs> Like, I really like Travis Barker, too, but, like, you could tell he has fucking Scarface posters up in his back. Yep. You know, bedroom. Same thing with Taylor Lorenz, who's a New York Times, like, lifestyle writer, like, entertainment and lifestyle writer. She talks about how the show's meme-worthy, which, yeah, no shit. Yeah. Um, But does mention the Free Joe campaign, and then there was that clip of the reporter talking to President Trump (laughs) about getting Joe a pardon, which I, I just love the idea that it's gone... That far. Like, this is something that's yeah. completely sweeping the nation because everybody loves it so much. So then the COVID effect on people in the show, Joe had to get moved to a medical wing of the federal prison. I think he's in Fort Worth. Yeah. Because inmates there had come down with it. And doesn't Joe, he's got like he's asthma or asthma. something. Yeah. yeah. So they moved him to a medical wing. So far, he's all right. And Carol had to close down Big Cat Rescue temporarily. I'm sure that that'll be opening up since... Florida's been opening more and more stuff lately. Yeah. And she'll be fucking fine. Yeah, she'll be absolutely (laughs) fine. (laughs) Tara's got no sympathy today. I don't know what her uh, cult followers are doing, though, if they don't have to come in to volunteer. They are. They absolutely are. They have to be, right? There's no doubt in my mind that she's having volunteers still come in to take care of everything for her. Yeah. Uh, When they reopen, Howard will, you know. I hope he wears his... uh, his caveman outfit. He'll pop a mini bottle of champagne and unfreeze a shrimp cocktail and have some brie. Serenader. Serenader. I barely know her. We already talked about the articles, so. You didn't talk about that very important one that you just closed, was that The Offspring did a cover of Here Kitty Kitty. Yeah. Can we put the link for this in our show notes? Yeah. If you guys want to hear this, The Offspring cover of Here Kitty Kitty, remember that's the one, the music video is Joe in a priest outfit. And he has the Carol Baskin lookalike yeah. who's feeding the tiger bits of meat in the cage. Music video is way better than Joe's, too. <laughs> yeah. It's just delightful. <laughs> the guy, offspring guy sitting in a studio, like in a home, all wearing masks. His name's Dexter, by the way. I mean, it's more than just him. That's or what we call also, him. There's also noodles. So to take us out this week and this season, our first season of The Space Between Presents, covering Tiger King, Joe Exotic, 
all the mullety goodness that there is. I just want us to rank our overall, who's your favorite person in the series? Eric Cowie. Yes. Yeah. Why? He is hilarious and fun to watch and he okay. seemed genuine. All right. And like an actual decent person. Yeah. Sarah, who's your fave? Cowie. Yeah. Just gave me the giggles. He's like, I don't give a fuck. Calls him Maymays. Adorable. <laughs> Maymays. Yeah, I'm gonna. He's my favorite. Right on, Tim. This is tough. I really like John Ranky a lot. I also like Jeff Lowe a lot. I'm probably gonna go with Ranky though, because it's a more palatable decision. That is true for our viewership. Yeah. Can I can I change my answer? No. To John Ranky? No. To the the, the nanny? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you go? Because that that slipped and I was like, should I go for the nanny? I don't like those lips though. No offense. As soon as he said Jeff Lowe, I was like, oh, I should change my answer to the nanny because it's a joke. They they talk me like that. They talk in the last um, in episode seven that no one wins. Mm-hmm. Jeff Lowe fucking wins. Jeff Lowe wins. Yeah, seriously, hands Jeff, down. Yeah, he yep. have negative stuff happen. He will. Maybe. Maybe I mean, he went to jail for a little while from yeah. that stuff in Vegas, but he obviously bounced back from that pretty well. If they yeah. can catch him on anything, but who knows? Hands down, my favorite is Ranky. Yeah, love that guy. He's so good. Cowie's number cool. two, though. Like, they are right up there. Yeah, I, feel I was like, say, like, they're so close. I want to see them team up. But they both talk about how they hate people because you just get backstabbed, which, right. you know, true. Well, I feel like they teamed up for years on at the zoo, didn't they? Well, I mean, yeah, but, like, I want to see them team up and have a show now. Just their own show? Yeah. Like uh, a buddy cop show, kind of? Yes, that's exactly Where what I was they thinking. they go around. Like an old car. <gasps> it's like bar rescue, but for zoos. And yes. they go around, and they're like, well, I managed to sing for 18 years. And Eric Cowie's just like, I don't fucking care. Fuck you. <laughs> oh, it'd be great. Give him some bologna <laughs> off the meat truck. I would oh, watch that. And then they'd fight, and then they drive separately. So John Ranky has his fucking skeleton buddy in the passenger seat. <laughs> like, ah, uh, yes. Because he doesn't have any friends. Yeah. That's he puts genius. listening devices up on roofs by using his other fucking leg to, like, set it up there. <laughs> what's it called, Tim? A listening device? No, what's the show called? <laughs> oh, um... Listening <laughs> <laughs> uh, Smiley and Legs. Okay. Uh, what? All right. No, I don't like but that. But Ranky Smiley and Erica's Legs. <laughs> right. He's mad tall. That's what they do. They they have Ranky on Eric's back like Yoda without his legs on. <laughs> like, I just imagine them chucking one of Ranky's legs and it's like a boomerang. Yeah. And then it hits the bad guy in the head and then comes back. I like how much we talked about how much we like these guys and then like just making fun of them. We're not though. It's out of respect. <laughs> It comes from a place of love. Yeah. I really legitimately like Ranky a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's great. I'm, I still want that shirt. I want a shirt with both of them on it now. That'll so, be our first Teespring shirt. Yes. Fucking smiley wait. and licks. I can't wait. <laughs> it's a two-person Voltron. <laughs> so thanks so much for joining us for this season of The Space Between Presents I Saw a Tiger. So special thanks to Lindsay France, who does so much of the editing, the social media stuff, the website stuff. She's the bomb. We would only have half of the things that we have right now. If it weren't for her. Yeah. So thank you to Lindsay. Thank you, Lindsay. Thank you. Sarah, where can people find you on the Instagram? People can find me at Sherbert Shorts underscore six. I do a bunch of doodles and freelance work and all that fun stuff. So you can find me there. Nice. Dan, what about your Instagram? My Instagram is at IceDan3. Or you can find me at Twitter at IceDan underscore HDH. Or the Facebook at facebook.com slash dancoleauthor or just dancoleauthor.com. Awesome. Well, if you like what you've heard on this show or on any of our shows, do us a favor, rate it, review it, subscribe to it, 
Let other people know that you loved it. Even if you hated it, just be like, yo, you got to listen to this crap because these people do this for fun. You know, let people know. Thanks so much for listening. Why don't you go and check out all the other great shows that the Professional Casual Network has to offer. Big Fiction Energy is our audio drama pod in which Tim, Danny, and myself tell the story of Lainey, the Girl Without Fear, a fantasy novel by Dan. A grim podcast of perilous adventure is the Professional Casual Network's Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay Actual Play podcast. We're playing through The Enemy Within, which is widely considered one of the best campaigns of any RPG. Join Dan as the GM as Danny, Tim, Alexander P. Nelson, and JB try to survive the perils of the old world. And if you needed more deep dives, also check out The Space Between, which is a discussion and review of the best games, comics, and nerd movies of today and yesteryear. We also have Elite Eight Showdown with high-octane host Big Chuck and his research team. Join him while he financially ruins his partner Tim and completes an eight-team tournament bracket that could be about anything and everything. Lastly, we have Professionally Asked, Casually Answered, a totally real, totally fake advice show where we take questions and topics from you, our listeners, and do our best not to completely ruin your lives. Danny, where could people follow us or ask us questions for Professionally Asked, Casually Answered? I'm so glad you asked that, Tim. You can go ahead and email us questions. Our email address is theprofessionalcasual at gmail.com. You can also follow us and message us on Instagram at theprofessionalcasual. On Facebook, we're facebook.com slash professionalcasual. Twitter, we're at top tier casual. Our website is theprofessionalcasual.com. On Patreon, you can find us at patreon.com slash professionalcasual. And you can also check out Lindsay's Instagram at lindsayfphotography, where you can check out all of her great photos of abandoned places and events. What are some other things that people could find on our Patreon, Danny? They can find Sarah's doodles. They can find different vlogs. They can find lots of polls. I know Big Chuck's got a ton of stuff up there. It's all just a wild time. Extra bonus content, all of those things. Also, Elite Eight Showdown is doing a first 50 five-star reviews contest where once Elite Eight Showdown hits 50 five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts, Chuck is going to do an episode all about the most embarrassing moments in his life that he wishes he could forget. Oh, my God. I've got to give a review right now. Right. I got to hear this episode. I'm so excited. So thanks for listening. Again, this is the end of season one. Next season, season two of The Space Between Presents, we're not taking off like a whole season like those lazy ass TV shows. Like yeah. we'll be back in a few weeks. So thanks for hanging out with us and we'll catch you season two. Oh, God damn it. One time? <laughs> we can't have one episode, Sarah? No, never. A special thanks to our sponsor, Bearded Dragon Games in Oneana, New York, who has gifted us a Catacan Colonel model to give away to you our fans for your chance to win follow us on twitter at top tier casual the professional casual on instagram or follow the professional casual network on facebook you can get an extra entry for each as well as extra entries for being a background patreon or leaving a review for any or all of the professional casual network shows on apple podcasts that's up to six additional entries for leaving reviews on each also, please give the Bearded Dragon some love on Facebook at facebook.com slash bdcomics and beardeddragongames.com. We will be taking entries up to June 29th at 11.59 p.m. A winner will be drawn live on June 30th.